Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And we're so glad you have come back again. If you are a frequent and consistent listener, and if you're a brand new listener, we welcome you today. We welcome you from all over the United States. And we welcome you beyond the United States of America to other nations of the world that are connected, of course, to the World Wide Web. And wherever you are hearing this broadcast, we believe that this is a divine appointment, not so much with me, but with God's Word and and the not only God's Word, but the God of the Word. Praise God. Amen. I believe God wants you to hear this message today because I believe that God wants to secure and bless His people. Not just because the year has changed, but this is a good time to reflect and think about uh, what God wants for you and me in this brand new year. It's like starting out with a a brand new uh, uh, pad and paper uh, where there's nothing written on it yet. It's yet to be written, and God wants to bless us. I am convinced of that, but He needs our full cooperation with spiritual law in order for the blessing to occur. And there are so many things that can rob us and defraud us from the blessing that God wants to grant us and to give us. We're going to be talking about something real close to home uh, in all of our lives, and it is instability. And I would just title this teaching, Instability Equals Lost Blessings. See, the devil is not the one. He, He can only steal from us. If we have an open door, and instability is that open door to the enemy to cause us to lose our birthright blessings. I want to say that again very loud and very clear. Instability, double-mindedness, if you please, is an open door to the enemy to cause us to lose our birthright blessings. Oh, God has already pronounced them. He's already provided them and pronounced them. We are in covenant with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It is a mightier covenant, a stronger covenant than ancient Israel had through the blood of sacrifice animals, which was a type and foreshadow of our covenant called the New Testament, literally the new covenant. Hallelujah. And there are covenant blessings to be claimed. But instability will cause us to vacillate, to waver, to be unstable in all of our ways. And it will cause us to lose and forfeit our birthright blessings. I'll just want to begin reading before we go to Genesis 49 and have a case study here in instability and lost blessings. Uh, Let's look at verse 17 of Isaiah 54. I just want you to see that God has, has by covenant brought His people in the old covenant and much more so in the new covenant, 
into a promised place of victory and blessing. Hallelujah. If you want to read the whole chapter, that would be good. But let's look at particularly verse 17 of Isaiah 54. And this is his promise. It says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage, you see. This is the birthright. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. No weapon, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I want to make this earlier statement. Instability is an open door to the enemy to cause us to lose our birthright blessings. Amen. If you'll turn with me now to Genesis 49, and while you're turning to Genesis 49, 1 through 4, using, uh, using Reuben as, uh, as the, the case study to begin this study on instability, I pray that you will take this teaching in a positive way, that you will make up your mind to make up your mind, that you will serve God with a commitment and a devotion that is deeper than the pull of this world and the weakness of your flesh that would lead you to sin and lost blessings. Oh, friend of mine, the enemy, the thief, came to steal, kill, and destroy. But he can't kill and destroy unless he first steals something that belongs to you and belongs to me by covenant. And I call these things birthright blessings. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you right now, I need my birthright blessing of victory. And we all as Christians need that. There's too much defeat, too much depression, too much, uh, too many children of the Lord that you wouldn't be able to hardly tell them by the, by the mark of God's blessing, you wouldn't be able to tell them from the world about them. Friend of mine, God wants to showcase His covenant people so that the world around us might say, who has a God like their God, a God so nigh them in all that they call upon Him for. Amen. Now, oh yeah, there's a lot of false gods, but there's only one prayer answering God. And that's the true and living God, and He is our God. You say, Pastor Venable, aren't you, aren't you uh, making a, 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 a claim that your God is the true? Yeah, absolutely. Without any doubt about it, and with it, without any apology for it. Praise God. Amen. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's not one God with many ways to him. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And if any man try to climb up any other way, 
He's the same as a thief and a robber. We're taking, taking the, the, the glory and the honor and, and, the, and the sacrificial death away from Jesus and saying there's another way. But in the garden, didn't Jesus say, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but thine be done. Amen. I'm glad that I know the way, the truth, and the life today. Well, let's look at this case study and in instability and pray that 2020 will be a year when we all, as children of God, make up our mind <laughs> to make up our mind and to not waver, to double down on what we believe and know to be true and to live it out walk it out in our daily life and in our values and our choices. Listen to G Genesis 49 because I, I need, I need my birthright blessing. I need weapons against me to fail. Amen. I need the accuser's mouth to be shut. Amen. Because I plead the blood of Jesus in my life. Glory to God. Amen. Listen to Genesis 49. This case study in instability and what, what blessings are lost. Birthright blessings are lost because of spiritual, personal instability. A man who did not have a made-up mind, who was very quick to compromise, who could have been a man of honor and integrity, but ended up being a man of shame. Listen carefully. And Jacob called, Genesis 49.1, unto his sons, and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you, that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourself together and hear, ye sons of Jacob. Hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Amen. Listen. I want to make a statement that someone else has already said, and, and I can't remember the person who made it, but I agree wholeheartedly with the statement. And he said the Church of Jesus Christ, talking about the church universal, not a denomination per se, but the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ, universally, where there are true believers, the true church is weak, and anemic because she is living below her privilege of power. In other words, her birthright blessing has been stolen or it, it, through her own instability has allowed it to be taken by the enemy. Again, you should write this down. Make note of it. Instability is an open door to the enemy to come and cause us to lose our birthright blessing. He's not stealing it in the sense of over overriding God's desire and design to bless us. He's, con he's, he's defrauding it from us. It rightfully belongs to us by getting us to do despite 
what God can bless. You know, I saw a sign today. It's still selling. (laughs) I wish I'd thought it up. I would be a millionaire today. Uh, Lord, bless this mess. I saw it in a Christian establishment, and I, I, I thought, you know, that's so absolutely wrong. God has never in in anywhere in the Bible blessed a mess. He's always given us holy instructions how to clean up the mess so he can truly bless. Amen. <laughs> Listen, friend of mine, God God is not going to bless our mess, but he's going to bless us if we repent and allow him to straighten out all of the mess in our life. Praise God. The devil gets us to do that. And then he laughs when we lose our birthright blessings, when weapons prosper against us, when accusations stick to us instead of being cast down. Amen. Listen to me very carefully. Reuben, thou art my firstborn. You have the right and the birthright is what he's saying. My might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, and then defiled thou it. He went up to my couch. You you had it all, man. You blew it all, just for just for giving in to the flesh, and to give in to the sins of the flesh. You forfeited the birthright blessing. Reuben was the eldest son. He was the firstborn, and he had by birthright a place of prominence and power in a Jewish family and was the inheritor of a double portion by birthright. He was an inheritor of a double portion of the blessing or whatever was left to all by birthright. Deuteronomy 21, 15 through 17 tells us how this works in that Jewish community of that day. It said, If a man have two wives, one beloved and another hated, and they've both borne him children, both the beloved and the hated, and if the firstborn son be hers that was hated, then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he hath, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated, which is indeed the firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he hath. For he is the beginning of his strength, <laughs> the right of the firstborn is his. Praise God. Listen, you couldn't play favorites. The firstborn was the rightful inheritor of the double portion. And you see, Reuben had that place and that privilege, but he lost all of the blessing of that place because he let his own desires lead him to sin and shame instead of blessing and honor. Let me give you some background on Reuben real quick and briefly. Joseph's eldest brother stopped by his stopped his brothers from murdering him. 
put him in the pit, thinking he'd come and get him. This is Reuben. He he was going to come back and get him, but other brothers had come back after thinking, let's not be guilty of his death, let's sell him. Reuben was willing to compromise instead of having integrity and using his God-given authority as the firstborn. This compromise led to more compromise throughout his life. In Genesis 49, 3 and 4, we just read it. I'm going to read some of that again uh, from another uh, translation. It says, Reuben, you're my oldest son, the child of my vigorous youth. You're the first on the list in rank and honor, but you are unruly as the waves of the sea. Is there anything else in the New Testament? Do can, Is this just Old Testament stuff? Didn't the Bible said, if any man in the book of James, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed, see unstable as water. Let not that man expect to receive anything of God. Instability allows the enemy uh, an inroad in our life to lead us to that circumstance and situation that God cannot and will not bless. Ah, but friend, when we have a holy resolve (laughs) to not waver, praise God, there's nothing and no one that can steal and stop the blessing because this is the heritage This is our birthright, praise God, of the servants of the Lord. Listen, unruly as the waves of the sea, you will be first no longer. For you slept with one of my wives, you dishonored me in my own bed. See, Reuben's sin before this outstanding glaring sin was the simple sin that too many of us, I believe, accommodate. And it's the sin of compromise. Compromise leads to a gradual loss of integrity and oftentimes gets worse throughout life. Just think, what started out as a compromise of not wanting to be the odd man out when the brothers wanted to sell Joseph, he had he had the authority as firstborn. He could have stepped in and stopped that, but he went along with his brothers so that he could just be accepted instead of standing his ground and doing what was right. And he compromised again, and it led all the way to sleeping with his own stepmother. Compromise has a way of leading a person down a path of further destruction, and it begins with that loss of integrity. Usually it starts with just a small, simple, little compromise, but each time, The compromise gets easier to make even as the compromises get bigger. When you hear about somebody getting into big trouble, prison time type of trouble, did you ever stop and wonder how in the world did it get to that point that someone could do something so bad? Well, believe me, it didn't start big People always start off with the small compromises. That's why the Bible said in the New Testament, give no place, not even a little bit, give no place, literally terra firma, no ground 
to the devil. See, if we don't give it to him, he has absolutely no authority to take it. We have a birthright of victory. Hallelujah. And God wants us to begin to exhibit that victory in our lives as children of the Most High God. Amen. People always start off with the small compromises. And they grow from there to the point where almost all sense of personal integrity are lost completely. Amen. Friend of mine, when the Bible says, Give no ground... Give no place to the devil. That's why the armor of God is made available to us. Amen. That's why God is enabling us supernaturally to stand our ground and hold our ground and not give up any ground to the enemy of our soul. Many others have had contact with others who, like Reuben, might be described as unstable as water. Genesis 49.4, it says they are unstable souls. And in 2 Peter 2 and verse 14, we see unstable souls even among the Christian community as well as the non-Christian community. Let us notice the characteristics of the unstable. Number one, the unstable are susceptible to being led astray. 2 Peter 2 10 through 14. Listen to it carefully. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots are and blemishes, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. Ah, heart, they have exercised with covenous practices, cursed children. The Amplified says they beguile, bait, and lure unstable souls. They are double-minded. James commented on certain unstable souls as follow, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. James 1, 6-8, listen to it carefully. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. But let not that man... See, here's the forfeiting of, of, of the blessing... Amen. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Later he pleaded, draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, in 2020, we need to make up our mind to make up our mind to not be double-minded. 
That's James 4 and verse 8, not what I just quoted. Draw nigh to God. There is a solution to this problem, to this circumstance, to this attitude, and to this activity. Draw nigh to God. You know what the Scripture said? It said, Submit yourself therefore unto God. Part of drawing nigh to Him. Amen. And then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The word flee here in that verse of Scripture means to run as in panic. And friend of mine, if the devil is running as in panic, he's not going to come against you and prevail. No weapon. See, that's the birthright. That's the heritage. No weapon formed against us will prosper when our righteousness is of God. Amen. When we're concerned about being right with God and we're able to not just have the positional righteousness, which is granted immediately when we become a Christian and God accepts us into His royal family, but the personal, practical righteousness which comes when we seek to live a life of obedience to Him and not keep giving place to the devil and giving in to our weak flesh. We need a holy resolve to serve God with a deep devotion and, a, and an ironclad will. Praise God. Amen. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What is a double-minded man? The word in the Greek literally refers to two-souled, a two-souled person. Thayer defines the word to mean wavering, uncertain, doubting, divided in interest. I think one of the best ways of demonstrating what a double-minded person is like would be to illustrate it. Israel certainly demonstrates the trait of the double-minded nationally. During the time of the prophet... When Elijah lived, Israel was vacillating between the love and service of Jehovah and the love and service of the false pagan god Baal. Elijah said these words in 1 Kings 18 and 21. How long halt ye between two opinions? See the double-mindedness here. If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal then follow Him. That's an example of a double-minded people. Verse 21 says, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. If Baal, then follow Him. And the people answered not a word. But Elijah made a commitment, didn't he? As for me and my house... It goes on further, the prophet said, As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. I believe the line is being drawn. I believe you have to make a decision. 2020 is a year of not of indecision, for that is double-mindedness. But 2020 is a year when God is calling us to make an absolute quality decision who we're going to serve. And we need to carry that out in our values and our decision processes. Amen. The New Testament alludes to other double-minded people. The man who serves, who seeks to serve both God and mammon is a double-minded person. According to Matthew 6 and verse 24, see, you can't 
serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other, hate one and love the other. You can't serve God and mammon. That's not just riches in and of theirself, the gold or the silver. It's what it does. It's the ego that it feeds. It's the flesh that it titillates and seeks to satisfy. The man who sought it to eat at the table of the Lord in the table of demons. First Corinthians 10.21 was a double-minded person. The lukewarm person is a double-minded person. Revelation 3 and verse 15. They are double-minded because they have two interests which are in conflict with each other. They're attempting to do the impossible to serve both of them at the same time. That's why 2020 needs to be a year of decision. We need to make up our mind to make up our mind to serve the living and the true God with everything we have and everything that we are. Amen. This should be the year. This should be the year. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, how God wants to bless us today. The double-minded are easily deceived. They're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The unstable person is one who is so insufficiently grounded in the Word of God that he's constantly being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The perfect mature man was contrasted with the child uh, in faith by Paul. He described the unstable child as follows, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Ephesians 4 and 14. The enemy is looking for that unstable soul. He's looking for someone that he can get to compromise to the degree that they lose their birthright of victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. Friend of mine, God is looking for somebody to bless. I'm convinced of that. You know, the eyes of the Lord, the Scripture said, run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward Him. Praise God. Friend of mine, I want to be more committed with more resolve in my own heart so that God can supernaturally empower me to live a life, not of sinless perfection, but of perfect commitment to serve and follow Christ. And if I do that, amen, God is going to supernaturally help me with all of these weaknesses of my flesh and all of these opportunities to sin. And friend of mine, there is a place in God where we can walk in victory. It's a place where sin no longer reigns in our body. Hallelujah. It's a place where we crucify the flesh with the lust thereof. And we begin to take up our cross having denied ourselves and truly following Jesus Christ. 
This is the call of God. You feel it in your heart today. This is the call of God. Draw nigh to God. And He will draw nigh to you. Let's repent of those areas where we have given in and compromised. And let's take a brand new stand for Jesus. Like the great hymn of old says, Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. You soldiers of the cross. Let's stand up for Him by committing to follow Him with all that we are and all that we have. Hallelujah. This year and make it a banner year of victory so that God can mark us with miracles because we have a birthright of victory. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Praise God. We love you today. Amen. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there is no blessing to be had from God. The greatest blessing of all is the blessing of salvation, the promise of spending eternity in heaven in Him, in the place that He has prepared instead of being punished and and banished from the presence of God throughout all eternity. Friend, you can come to Christ today and become that servant of the Lord. You can obtain this place of positional righteousness immediately with every sin forgiven. And you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to begin to live for Him, something you may have never thought that you would be able to do. But He invites you to come with all of your sins, all of your hang-ups, all of your weaknesses, and repent at the foot of the cross and look up at the bleeding one who cried, Father, forgive, and receive His forgiveness and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And God will grant unto you the blessing of the firstborn. The birthright blessing will be yours and it will be evidenced as long as you lived here and throughout all eternity when you leave this world. Come to Jesus today and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Thank you.